Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. My special guest this week, you may know from his appearance this week in 31 Thoughts with his new best friend, Elliot Friedman. We're going to ask him a lot about that later. But uh, it's my friend, Michael Liboff, obviously. And uh, Mike, um, the Islanders, they, they had me bummed out. Uh, these last two games in Pittsburgh were no fun. They were, one was a disaster. The other was also a disaster, but eh, a little bit better. They kind of at least showed up for a period or so. But um, I don't know. I, I thought that my team being like second place in the division and the fifth place overall in the league was going to be a lot more fun than it is. <laughs> we're, we're a tough bunch to please, I guess. I'd, I'm actually fun, I'm happy you phrase it like that because you know, right, bef- right before this intro, Dan and I were recording and, and uh, the software kind of had a little bit of a catastrophe and we started over and, you know, as I was, I was explaining that it's, it's kind of been, um, it feels a little eerie right now because, uh, it feels like last year when things kind of nosedived on that losing streak where the Islanders couldn't score because, uh, and it all kind of started from the Pelic and Sezikis injuries through basically to the end, uh, of the, the regular season. Um, you, you start to like have those um, feelings back a little bit right now because uh, you know, these, you, you think that this is this kind of drop in form has started from a, from an injury um, to Anders Lee. But the truth is like, they were playing all right without him for the first few games. It went, I think five and two. Um, and then obviously lost the last two to the penguins who just for some reason have their number in a very 
kind of strange way this year because it's like not like the, the way the penguins have had their numbers in years past it's, this time is like different like it's very criminal i feel like it feels <laughs> like the penguins are are like doing something um untoward to win these games right elvis elvis knows but he but the, the the way the penguins are winning these games is kind of like untoward but obviously the islanders aren't helping themselves uh and i think the real problem has been the the injury of michael dalcole in a weird way because it's it's forced Barry Trotz to make a lineup decision that, you know, no, you, you don't want any coach of a of a team like you just said that's fifth place in the league to have to make. Which is, do you want to play Leo Komarov and Ross Johnston in the same lineup, or do you want to play, you know, Leo Komarov and Austin Zarnick in the same lineup? Like, I, I start, I'm starting to think that Barry is kind of taking the piss a little bit with his sense of humor with the way he's constructed the lineup the other day, which was, uh, kind of scary that looked more like a lineup that you'd see of uh you know when the islanders are playing out the string in like 2011 you're like oh all of a sudden we got you know these justin di benedetto playing for <laughs> on first line wing with john Tavares. all right like you know this game doesn't matter but like it, it did kind of feel like that for a couple minutes with ross playing on the third line and leo on the first yeah. um and it should it just should not be like that for this team and uh, I, th- I think like there's a lot of kind of just angst amongst the fan base because like we've we've kind of seen that this not only we've we seen but we've been this team has proven that it's a, con- a Stanley Cup contender like people keep saying you know this, the Islanders are good but like you can put a better label on it. like the Islanders were playing like a Stanley Cup contender for the first uh, I don't know 30 games of the season whatever it was and the last two they've wobbled a little bit and you do you do want to have some sort of uh I don't know, like you do, you don't want to like lose the forest for the trees here. Like, it, and like you said, like they are still second in the division. They're much more likely than not to make the playoffs. And uh, if they do, like they, they have a good chance of, uh, if they're going to be fighting for home ice advantage. Like there's a lot of good things, but when you see like the dark clouds coming in, like they are right now. Uh, and after what we experienced last regular season, you can't help but to worry, especially because of just the, the current state of, uh, of the roster. Yeah, um, it, it is, you know, people immediately go to the injury to Anders Lee, which is obviously kind of a huge deal. But I think we're missing a couple of key elements here. Second is the loss of Noah Dobson due to the COVID protocols. Uh, you know, we, we he was out for like a week and a half. So, I, I mean, we I can assume that he had it, but we don't know. He was on the COVID protocol list. Um, and I think that's been a huge deal. Thomas Hickey obviously was inserted very triumphantly uh, in the last couple of games, Sebastian Ajo before him. And it's not like they've played poorly defensively, but uh, well, we'll get to, you know, when they have in a second, but there's just miss something missing. And, and Andy Green looks a little bit out of sorts. Uh, and I think the whole the whole defensive kind of structure has been lost a little bit. Michael Dal Cole missing also is kind of a big deal. And and the sad part about Dal Cole missing the last couple of games against the Penguins is the game before where he had played in Boston might have been the best game he had ever played in his career. Like he looked great. I know he didn't score, but boy, he looked really really good. And then of course he gets hurt, which is sort of I guess par for the course for Michael Dal Cole. Um, currently, the Islanders right now are, are one of a gaggle of teams that have forty eight points. Um, by virtue of the fact that they have one less regulation win than Colorado and have played one less game than Florida, they're like the third team over there. They have two more regulation wins than Pittsburgh, who is right behind them. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, by the way, uh, are a point behind the Islanders with one less game played and uh, just one overtime loss separating them. So 
you know, the next time you read about how great the Leafs season has been, just remember that the Islanders, as of right now, 36 games in the season, are having a better season than the Leafs have in a much tougher division. But that's neither here nor there. Um, in any event, <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Missing the forest of the trees is kind of what we do around here. Like, I do it. You do it. Uh, a lot of people listening to this do it. Um, and, I, you know, I keep looking at these standings. And again, in the, that's just in the in the whole league. Obviously, in the division, the Islanders are right behind the Capitals, who they're going to play on Thursday night at the Coliseum, who, as of right now, are, I think are still beating the Rangers. They were a minute ago before we, we came on. And yeah, according to Money Puck, the Islanders have like a 95% chance of making the playoffs. It was 97 going into last night's game in Pittsburgh, and now it's 95 because they lost to the team that was chasing them. Uh, you know, 95 is obviously still very good, but it's just the way things shake out and the way they're playing lately just is not inspiring confidence. And let's just look at the last couple of games. So we'll look at the win, uh, which is a 4-3 win last week. In Boston, they were coming off a win in overtime against uh, the, the Flyers. This one, they went down 2-0 to the Bruins, stormed back. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier with his second straight overtime winner. One of the <laughs> funniest you may ever see. No offense our friend Yara Halak, who was in net 23 seconds in overtime. Bo scored. And I mean, the Islanders played a, a pretty good game, all things considered, except for about a five-minute stretch at the end of the first period. The Islanders, you could say, were probably the better team for most of that game, um, but you just can't you can't really give up, you know, a two goal lead to the Bruins and have to fight back. And then a minute after they t- Oliver Wallstrom tied the game with a beautiful backhander from the slot, Anders Bjork scores, ties the game for the Bruins. So like you know, that just about six minutes of game time, they let the Bruins in, and and that was, that was all I needed to get as many goals as the Islanders had. So I mean, they need points too. Um, but they got the win, and so you give the team credit for for fighting back and taking those two points that they needed to. Then they go into Pittsburgh on Saturday, and the wheels just – I would say they came off, but they were really never on. It was 5 nothing Pittsburgh before you could blink. Half the, half the game wasn't even over, and, and it was 5 nothing Penguins. Ilya Sorokin got pulled. He gave up uh, four goals on nine shots. Like, Brian Rust had a hat trick. It, it was a disaster. And, yeah, they tacked on a bunch of goals. Matt Barzell had a beautiful goal. But, I mean, they were terrible in that game, and and Trotz pretty much said so. Then, they, you know, the bad news is they got to play Pittsburgh again on Monday. They lost that one, too. It was only 2-1. doesn't seem like it was that bad, but they were awful in the first period. There was 2-0 Penguins. They had four shots. Like, it was just not good. The Islanders were the better team in the second period. Matt Martin got a power play goal. Yes, you heard that right. Matt Martin power play goal. Again, Andrews Lee's hurt, so you got to try something. And I mean, they were they were the much better team in the second period and for most of the third, but they never really threatened that much in the third. They had a lot of possession time, but the Penguins just never really gave anything up. Um, and that was on two separate goalies, too. Casey DeSmith came in at the start of the second and you know didn't really give anything, give them anything. So just a hugely disappointing weekend when you really look at it. And again, the fact that the Penguins are the team that's chasing you made it even worse. And it's just none of these games, even the the wins they had against the Devils and the Flyers, you know, they, they played that one great game against the Flyers at Saturday, at Saturday night at the Coliseum, but the other games against the Flyers haven't really been that great. Um, and they, they're coming in this Saturday too. So, you know, we're, it's a lull. Dudes are hurt. Guys are tired. You know, the competition's getting a lot stiffer. And I mean, we're all sitting here hoping that the Islanders can, can, you know, pull themselves back up and, and get ready to go because it's about to, it's not going to get any easier from here on out. And 
you know, we were talking before about, you know, the collapse last year prior to the bubble. And this is not that, but, you know, it doesn't take a lot to remember collapses past and, and how these things can spiral really out of nowhere. And just you're hoping to avoid that altogether. Yeah. And it's not they're lucky they're not in a division like the central, let's say, where it's like if you finish first, it's a huge deal because you're dealing with like a bad Columbus team or a bad Dallas team or a very flawed Chicago team. Like in the East, I really think where you finish is not going to be a huge deal. Like I don't, I, I would love to win a division. I don't, I really don't think I've seen the Islanders ever win a division oh. in my life. So uh, I like it. That would be nice. But like, it's not like, like the Bruins, especially if um, they, they make a deal at the deadline, which seems to be the case, they're getting healthier. Brandon Carlo's back. Uh, Brad Marchand was taken off the COVID list, like Andre Kasha skating. Um, they're going to get healthy and, and the Bruins are going to make a trade at the deadline where you're going to be like, God damn it. Like that is going to make them really scary. Um, so it's not like the Bruins, there's huge difference between the Bruins, the Penguins and the Capitals. Obviously they've had a lot more problems with the Penguins and Capitals in the regular season, but I don't know how much you can really look into that once, once the playoffs start. Uh, but the, the point I'm making is like, there's at least there's not a huge issue if they don't capture the one seed. Uh, home ice advantage seems to be pretty important. They're, they're playing their, the lights out at home. So you really, really wouldn't want to cough that up, but they're still in contention for it. Uh, but in, in terms of uh, who, who, were, who you play in the playoffs, at least it doesn't seem like a huge drop off, which, which does kind of quell the uh, an, anxieties a little bit. That said, like you, you were saying there's there's some tangible um, problems kind of presenting themselves from yeah you know, from Andy Green not looking um, as you know kind of just solid as as we've seen him uh, when he was playing in the bubble or um, after like the first ten games of this season the roster is just a bit of a mess and when you think about the way the schedule is set up where you're it's basically it could be a zero-sum game when every game because you're just playing the teams that you're you're in a playoff race basically the whole season so losing two points to the penguins is is a huge deal because you're just directly giving them to them without getting anything out out of them so the seasons can the season can spiral pretty quickly in this type of setup i don't i still don't think it will because the i think the islanders have the, the enough um you know fail safes i guess is the best way to put it in, in on this roster from the goaltending to a good defense just the, the system's good they do have a, a legitimate game winner in Matt Barzell like this is this team is 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 set up but you just I just don't want to I don't want to be sitting here in mid-May with the Islanders in on the in the four seed basically and thinking you know what could have what could have been um if they had not just uh, if they had not wobbled or if this wobble does go on longer because that, that, that's kind of what's scaring me at the moment right now. Uh, and and the problem is I can't really see this. If, if, if Who knows? You know, it's really hard to tell with, with Lou and Barry, with what they're going to do game to game. Um, who knows what that the lineup's going to look like on Thursday. I'll actually, I'll actually be at the Coliseum on oh. Thursday night. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, I'm going to go with my dad. That's He's cool. vaccinated. Um, oh, great. Yeah, so I had... We were, we said once he did because I had COVID in January, so it's like you know I'm I'm I should be pretty much fine. But uh, he uh, between the two of us, like we're, we feel pretty comfortable going. And I'm just worried that the lineup we're going to see is 
<laughs> first line Leo. Yeah, first line Leo, <laughs> third line Ross, time. right? Yeah. And and that's just not what you want to see against the team that's in fir- that you're chasing for first place in the division, and it's not a team that's going to compete in this division. Like you're, you, 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 it's hockey. You can win any game on any night, sure, but it's just not. You're not doing yourself any favor, any favors. And and as for as much as we love Barry Trotz, like just seeing that, like you just, it, it's got to be like, it's just got to be a little bit of a of a of like a sense of humor thing with him being like, just like playing his gut, being like, oh, let's just throw Ross out there, see what happens. Like, what's the worst that happens? We lose this game. It's probably not going to be because of him. And then lo and behold, first shift penalty. Yeah. And a couple minutes later, Leo penalty. It's just. Yeah. It's amazing how those things happen. Um, but whereas, like when when the Penguins plug a guy in, like Leo Komarov into their lineup, goal. Like it's just it's amazing how that happens. Oh, um, Freddie Goudreau comes up. He's got a goal. Um, some other guy with some yeah, some Angela. crazy name. <laughs> it's a bunch of Z's in it. Scores a goal. His first shift. Like that's how other teams work, and that's what's called depth. You know, and that's kind of part of the problem is that you know the Islanders just. As, when they're playing as a unit, when they're playing all of their guys, including Lee and Dobson and the regulars, the Islanders are a formidable opponent. Like we've seen it a hundred times. And when they're playing their game and when they get to their game quickly, they can snuff out a game before the other team has even shown up to play. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's the team that we love to see. When you start taking those pieces out, other weird stuff starts happening. So if you take out one and you pop in, a Leo Komarov, okay, maybe it's not that big a deal. If you pop out one and put in a Ross Johnston, okay, maybe it's not that big a deal. If you pop out two and you put in two of those guys, now things are starting to get dicey. Um, Kiefer Bellows was in on Saturday's game. Did he play poorly? I mean, the whole team played poorly. So, I mean, I don't know if I put that on Kiefer Bellows. Uh, You know, does he offer a little bit more of an upside offensively than Leo, sure he does, but you know they put up a graphic NBCSN did uh, on Monday about how since playing with Komarov, Everly and Barzell's goals against has gone down, and that's fine and good. But like those dudes are there to score goals, and again Barzell had one on Saturday, but like it wasn't Leo. Leo didn't really help. Uh, so it's nice that they're not giving up goals, but they're not getting any either. And I'm I'm really surprised that. They didn't put, you know, they were, Trotz was willing to to mess some lines up. Um, he put Johnston on the third line and he moved Beauvillier up to the line with Nelson and uh, Bailey with Dal Cole out. I- I'm surprised that they hasn't tried to put uh, Beauvillier up with Barzell and Everly. Because right now, the, the only Islanders player right now that, that I would trust with anything is Beauvillier. Like he's playing really, really well now, probably better than he has all season long. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, I just, I, it might be trots just messing with us. It might be trots having supreme confidence in all of his players to execute the game plan as needed, or it could be just Barry trots, just playing the guys that he's got. Like he just can't, you know, he can't materialize a new player out of nowhere. He's got to play the guys that are there and who are the other options really outside. I mean, Bellows, you know, I think for most people would be the number one option, but Maybe Trotz is not seeing something in there that he wants to see. If he is, I don't know what it is. And and as our, our you know, Jenny wrote at Lighthouse Hockey, I don't know what he doesn't see in, in Bellows 
at all. Uh, it's very strange. Um, she, she also called uh, Leo. Uh, she uh, likened him to the uh, the boat that had just been clogging up the Suez Canal until recently. <laughs> just not not exactly uh, wrong. Uh, she's pretty pretty uh, correct on that one. But um, you know, so you got Bellows, you got Leo, you got Ross. He's not going to play on the first line, but he can play. I don't think he played a poor game on Monday, but you know. One game we've talked about the Ross, like he's okay in one game situations. It's when you start getting to like multiple week situations that you know his his returns start diminishing, and that's it, really. Who's I mean, you know, Otto Koivula, I guess, is still here, or you know, Lad is down in Bridgeport. I mean, is he <laughs> even an option? Like, I don't even know who, who's even left. So play Hickey at forward. I don't know. Like, it's just there's not a lot there, and that's why you know I, Mike and I were joking before we started talking, like we're going to post this, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And by the time you listen to this, there might be a new player on the Islanders. Like we don't know because they got to do something. And I hate to be one of those guys, but like they need to do something. Like you could only run this lineup out there so many times before it becomes evident. Clearly you're not going to replace Andrews Lee, but you got to find somebody that comes close or can do something because right now this is not a team that is going to do a lot of damage in the playoffs. And they might want to believe that, but it just ain't true. (laughs) It's 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 funny that the way the it's because the Islanders are the way they are where it's like every piece has to fit into this puzzle according to everybody everyone keeps saying like oh you got to replace Anders Lee and the more I think about it it's really not about that as much as it is just getting the top line some help which is in whatever way it needs to happen um, because like I, I saw some people on Twitter kind of complaining about the way Matt Barzell has been playing but he's not only does he now have to you know, just drive plan that line, gain the zone, buy time for Eberly to get open. But he only has basically one other option to pass it to on that line. I, I joke about it, but it's really not even a joke anymore. I don't really think Leo Komarov needs to play with a stick to do what he does. Like, I really don't. Like, what, what does he do? He, what he does is he basically just buzzes around the ice, gets in the way of everybody, uh, including his own players, and just is just there to kind of disturb the peace on the ice. And he really doesn't need it. The stick gets him in trouble because he'll take penalties with it. Uh, so he, as long as he can learn how to like stay on side and, and, uh, and not just like completely corrupt our scoring chances, uh, he's whatever, like it's, at least he was not taken away. And, uh, it's like, I think last week I was talking about how I'm starting to see like the, the, the kind of levity in Leo's game and just trying to laugh at it. And then when he plays on the first line for five games in a row, I'm, now going back on that and right. <laughs> saying like I don't I don't see it anymore but he because like Ross like if if Ross Johnston and Leo Komarov were on the Islanders to play a fourth line role and be plug and play players it would be fine but relying on these two guys to want to play on a third line a third line that has basically uh become one of the most important scoring units on the team and then the other one to be on the first line on the most important scoring unit on the team is crazy. You, I mean, we saw it. I think the Islanders win on, uh, God, what was it? The 2-1 game, Monday? Yeah. Let's say, I don't know what today Today's is. Tuesday. <laughs> Today's Tuesday. Uh, yeah, so Monday. They, they win that game, I think, if um, they had one player with like a marginal scoring touch in the lineup. Because there were chances. Like, there were a lot of pucks that went through the, the goal mouth or the slot. And just nobody was there because... Yeah. The players who were playing on the ice are not trained in their game to go to those areas, <laughs> and it's and it's frustrating because like you know they did hit a couple posts like the team is now relying on Matt Martin and Casey Zizekas to create scoring opportunities. Adam Pellick was was dangling all over the place, 
to create scoring. Yeah, he almost he, went right up the gut at one point. Like yeah, Nick Letty. I think there were a couple. There were a couple of them, and and he's the problem is like so if you're asking you're you're basically asking everybody to score to, to do more to score it takes them out of what they're supposed to do so all of a sudden Adam Pellick is at the hash marks on a play and if it, guess what if he misses the net the puck's going the other way on an odd man rush and you don't have your best defender back there to defend it so like those those issues compound themselves and it's all because of you know just the way the lineup is currently constructed um and it's you, we all want to believe that and 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 I really think there's a like there's there's a near certain chance the Islanders add uh, like a very important forward before the trade deadline, but uh, you just never know with like with with the way these guys operate because Lou obviously doesn't say anything um, other than to you know some complete like nonsense to Pierre LeBron that Pierre LeBron then gets really excited about. He's like I got the I got the Lou interview where mm-hmm. Lou's just like. Yeah, Pierre. Lou like, Lamorello says he'll do whatever it takes to make the Islanders better. Yeah, we've heard that line before from every general manager any team has ever had. That's always been the line from everybody. Oh, well, we're always trying to make our team better. Okay, well then do something, you know. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that there is a chance that they add somebody again, maybe shortly, um, but until they do, they have a rough schedule coming up, and we're going to talk. All about that in the second half here. Uh, One reminder, uh, today is the 30th of March. Tomorrow, Wednesday, is the 31st. That means you have one more day to give us a rating on iTunes and leave your Twitter handle in the review. And we'll uh, make you eligible for some eBay swag for this month. Uh, You can wait till next month, but why wait? Do it today. Leave us a review on iTunes. Put your Twitter handle in there. We already have a few. And you will enter for a totally random drawing to win some eBay swag courtesy of Mike. So don't wait. Do it today. And when we come back, we're going to talk about all the games that the Islanders have coming up against much, much tougher opponents than the Sabres and Devils. All right. So join us then. Thanks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They also have hats, several different kinds. they got snapbacks. they got the dad hat, which I guess is just the hats that I wear. I don't know. I was wearing them long before I was a dad. But uh, you can check them all out there. They have some awesome logos and, and teams that you've never heard of or maybe have heard of. Making Whoopi, Buffalo Norsemen, uh, the Troy Uncle Sam's. 
the Erie Blades. You can buy them all at VintageIceHockey.com. They also have our Al Arbor t-shirts, uh, and por- our portion of which goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You could also use the code Lighthouse15, save yourself 15%, uh, and you could roll it all up into a, a cool package for yourself. So uh, do that, VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, okay, so as we were talking about before, the Islanders' schedule gets much harder coming up. They have the Capitals on Thursday. They have the Flyers on Saturday. Lots going on in Flyerland. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, after that, I believe they have the Capitals again, and then they have a couple coming up against the Bruins. Now the Islanders, <laughs> for whatever reason, have handled the Bruins pretty well this so far this season. Um, but as we just spent twenty some odd minutes talking about, you know, how long is that going to continue when your team is uh, is you know in trouble? Oh, sorry. So they have the Capitals. Flyers Saturday, Capitals again on Tuesday, and then Flyers and Rangers back-to-back next week, Thursday and Friday. So, you know, the Flyers and Rangers are teams that the Islanders have beaten so far this year. The Caps aren't. Um, And this is where, again, we get into the, are they going to add somebody? Because right now the Caps are rolling as much as anybody can. uh, And it's going to get really ugly if you lose to these guys who are in first place. You're going to drop back even further. And uh, you're going to lose more ground. And I just, I can't stand the sight of the Caps just celebrating like that. Just, they just, they, them and the Penguins just annoy me just so much. And, and, you know, and I just, they're scoring goals. They're doing what they're supposed to. But man, they just, I don't know, seeing their faces just really bothers me. Like it's the Caps, they just, they all know where each other's going to be. And it drives me crazy. Like they just, they're almost like a hive mind. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Like, isn't it just they're, they're, I don't know. They're all connected somehow. It's, and it, yeah. They've all known each other for so long that it's like they're all sharing the same brain. It's. Uh, I wonder if it's, it's – and it was similar to the Islanders. And, and I actually want to ask – I don't know if it's ever Cornick is probably the right person to ask is if the Islanders are the team with like the most games played together like amongst their team. Mm. I have no idea how you'd be able to like matrix that <laughs> out. But I think in my head it's it's the Islanders and probably the Capitals. Because even if you think about the Bruins this season, it's it's definitely not them anymore. But it could have been pre-Char and crew leaving. But um, you know, you just think about these two teams and how much Cal Clutterbuck has seen of Alex Ovechkin and how much Genny Kuznetsov has seen of Ryan Pollock like over the years and uh, and stuff. Like you, you just you grow, you just grow to just expect this. Like like you said, you just know. You can close your eyes and like picture if, if if I say okay the Islanders beat the Capitals you can close your eyes and say oh, I'm pretty sure I know how that game played out or if I tell you the Capitals beat the Islanders you can probably do the same thing just because you just know how these two teams play against each other in their current uh, forms and but the the Capitals man good they're they're good like their numbers are really good they're they're top five defense by expected goals uh, I don't. I'm pretty sure that they'll they'll go and get like a, a more reliable goaltender. I know I know Vitek Vanacek like played well enough, like kept them above water in the when when Samsonov was out. But you'd expect them to like shore up that position. I I, I mean theoretically they had one in Henrik Lundqvist, right? But right. Basically, <laughs> just go get go get the new Henrik Lundqvist, like Ryan Miller <laughs> or something. But they the they're not going away. They're I think you know they're they're legitimate this year and and of. Uh, of the other three, like the island, I think you, and the Islanders in their f- current form, the Penguins and Bruins all are not. Uh, they're definitely not in the same tier as the Capitals at the moment. Uh, and and the, I think the Bruins and Islanders can both get there from through trades. The Penguins can kind of get there if Malkin comes back and they keep playing the way they are. 
which is incredibly frustrating um, because it's just very annoying. And, uh, but it's just, it's the way that this thing has unfolded. um, I think a lot of people were surprised with the way the flyers kind of were found out. I wasn't, I was always pretty, pretty sure that they were overrated by just about everybody coming into the year. (laughs) And, And that was one thing. In, in a grind of a season betting on the NHL, one thing that I was very happy about was that the, I was very right about the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, just you, you just you know you know the, these four teams like what they're gonna do in, in every game, which is makes it so both wide open in 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 the way this is going to unfold, but also very frightening, especially if you don't you know show show anything over these next few games. Like, if if the Islanders get blown out by the Capitals on Thursday night. Like that's gonna scare the bejesus out of me, just because not just because of their current two game losing streak, but just because. All right, like at what point do you? What? How many of their games against the Capitals have like the Islanders played well in? I remember they played well in a couple periods in their last loss, right. and then they lost. Like they really haven't had that great of a time against them, and uh, it's it's that's extremely frustrating and scary. And 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 then like you think about the Bruins, yeah, the Islanders have won five games against them. Uh, out of five, but it's not like the Bruins haven't been in every game except for one. So it's very different. Yeah. I mean, the caps, I I'm, you know, it's a month and a half ago and it's almost the entire season has gone by. And I still have not forgotten that five goal second period against the Capitals back in January. Like I just haven't because it can happen again. It can happen at any time. And, you know, if they do upgrade at goal, I'm looking at cap friendly right now and, and they're the various free agents here. Not a whole lot of goalies. I could see Jonathan Bernier getting getting traded. Uh, he's actually eight and six somehow on the Red Wings. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's pretty good for a team that's that's that awful. So I would say he's probably in that conversation. I don't know if Ryan Miller would would necessarily uh, want to go. There was another guy. Well, Halak is not going anywhere. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of free agent goalies, but who's going to actually move? Oh yeah. And uh, auntie Ranta, his numbers aren't even as good as, as Bernie. So I could see one of those guys being traded. Uh, and then that would be a whole other thing. Um, but the, yeah, it's just, I, I get what you're saying. Like if they, if they show up and you know, it's funny, I was thinking about this on Monday, you know, the Islanders lost that game two to one and it was two, nothing penguins after the first period. Again, they had controlled the entire thing. And I remember when it was over thinking, well, at least they weren't blown out. And I was like, is that really how I want to be feel about this? Like, that's, you know. I, I do think that's fair because of the, the, the roster that was out there. Like, yeah, I do. I think that's like, true. It just shows you that they played, like, if you're playing well enough to lose two to one to this to the Penguins, who, by the way, were also shorthanded because they were missing again. They're always hockey. shorthanded. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they're always shorthanded. But, like, if you can play well enough to with that roster, just lose two one, it's it's okay. Like, yeah. there was there were some silver linings about that game. Yeah. And again, the second period was all Islanders. Like they had plenty of chances. They just didn't bury any of them. And, and Casey Smith, credit him, he was pretty good. So, um, but yeah, if they were to trot out that same lineup and to get blown out by the Caps, and I mean, let's be honest, it could very well happen. Um, I, I don't know. And it's just, you know, in a way you hate them, but in a way you got to applaud them. Just the way they're able to keep those those kinds of streaks going and with that, regardless of who's in and who's out, I mean, I, I think uh, the Caps. I think have is Lars Eller hurt now? Like, I think he's he might be yeah, out. I think he's been out for a while. Like, yeah, um, I think you know, him, I, but I think he might just be the only one at the moment. But they've been dealing. Yeah, they've been dealing with with injuries all season. Yeah, um, you know, but yet you start a game with them, and and anytime they go on the power play, 
you're terrified. Like it's just that's how it is. And I mean, they kept the, the Penguins off the power play for the most part on Monday again with that same crew. So that's one you know thing that again Leo can help in. He's at least can kill penalties a little bit. But um, you know, I, I just yeah, I think for the psyche, this is kind of a big deal. Uh, clearly, <laughs> Thursday's game, and uh, I think a win in that case would be enormous. And and whether or not. You know, the Islanders wouldn't be in first place. Let's assume the Caps win tonight's game, although it is only 2-1 right now. So maybe the Rangers can do the Islanders a favor for once. Um, I doubt it. I wouldn't bet on it. But, um, you know, if they can come back and win that game, that, that would be kind of huge. Now, Saturday is against the Flyers, and the Flyers are having all kinds of problems right now. They put Shane Gostisbehere on waivers today. Uh, Carter Hart has is going to be sat down for a few weeks. They're just not going to play him while he works out with practice. Um, it, it's It's a bad scene there. Uh, you talk about games that, you know, and, and mixed feelings. So on Monday night, while the Islanders were getting kind of, you know, their their doors beaten in by the uh, Penguins, the Flyers were playing the Sabres and we're down three nothing going into the third period. And it looked like the Sabres were going to get their first win in 17 games. And then they came <laughs> the Flyers came all the way back, tied the game and then won in overtime. And the best thing about that ending was that it, everybody was mad. Obviously, the Sabres were mad. Their fans were mad because they just lost their 18th straight game. But the Flyers were mad and their fans were mad because they won. But it's not like they won because they played well. They just won because they were playing this completely uh, 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 d- disgrace of a team that just, you know, they, they can't get out of their own way. Um, and so, you know, that is a fragile team right now. I don't know who they play in between today and Saturday. But, you know, if you're looking at a, at a chance to pick up two points, that's got to be the game that circled you. You're at home. It's a Saturday night. You're playing a team that's really up and down right now. Talented for sure, but you got to take them. And so that that has to be a repeat of the previous Saturday night's game against the Flyers. And if it is, then I think we'll all feel a lot better. But uh, if it's not, you know, again, we're getting right back to what you just said. Like you're starting to look at that those standings and and the, the playoff odds and be like. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to play out. You know, and there's only twenty some odd games. There's only twenty games left, so this is going to be a wild ride to the end. You know, and for as much as we always say, like the Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorello regime is, is so different from what we're used to. Like we're Islander fans, so we're always going to have that fatalistic gene in our in our body. And it, you'd be lying to yourself if if the Islanders lose to the Capitals, if all of a sudden that that doesn't start to rear its ugly head a little bit. Just, just because we, you know this is hockey and you know how quickly it, the standings can just completely co- flip. And this, we, we've seen it basically in every division so far. Um, like one team will just go on a run and, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, oh, God, like how did this the Penguins catch us and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's just it's, – it's, it's not – you know, 95% odds are, are really, really good. Really good. I mean, it's, and, but it's just, it does leave the door open for uh, – for catastrophe and that's when it when it is a five percent chance and if it's blown it's it is catastrophe um i don't like like i gotta keep saying like i'm not expecting that to happen at all uh but it does kind of all go back to like the opportunity is still is there like this is this is here we are uh with these huge games coming up and there's an opportunity here to the islanders have fixed a fixable problem There, there is a very fixable way of very kind of seamless way to fix what's going on which is just to get someone with with some scoring pop into this first line whether you know i don't i don't i think people 
let's just say call Taylor Hall the, the prize of the deadline. You don't get Taylor Hall. People might be disappointed, but I, I think if Lou Lamarillo went out and got Kyle Palmieri tomorrow, like nobody would be like, everyone would be thrilled. Like it's, mm. that's the thing. Like there's, there's, there are so many, it, it the, the Anders Lee injury sucks, mm. but for it to happen in this season in this way with the options available, like this is not a terrible uh, it's it's not a it's not a something that's unfixable at all. Like there is a way to do it, and, and the sooner the better because of like you just said, like this is about to be the the true test of this team. Which for as as well as they played, like and as much credit as the Islanders have gotten for their first thirty five games or so, uh, they have played a lot of games against the Sabres and they played a lot of games against the Devils, but like, it's, it's not like, I'm not discounting them at all. And, and we got mad when people were discounting them for those reasons, but uh, it's, it's just, it's the, the, what I'm trying to say is like, there's a lot of games left against the teams that they are battling now. Like, so you want to get somebody in for those games, like immediately uh, because you're, you, you know, you need to put your best team out against the teams that you need to beat out for these spots in the standing so uh there yeah there's um you know it's it's just it's a weird spot right now to be in because there's so much to be happy about and we are all uh, we all try to remind ourselves about like looking around and really just absorbing these moments of success because they've just been so few and far between for the past 30 years (laughs) you know like you 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 need to do it but uh at the same time you just don't want to see them uh squander it at the same time and, and, and it does, you know, bring up one one point of contention I have with people, which is uh, you know, everyone keeps saying before the season, you know, when, it, when people are kind of saying, oh, you know, the Islanders probably just uh, they, they, they shot their shot last year when they made it to the Eastern Conference final and they might, you know, they'll be a fringe playoff team. And now all of a sudden when they're good, everyone's like, well, this is their best chance. This is their window. Their window's open right now. This is the, this is the time to go all in. So Lamarillo, you know, needs to do something. Like, I don't, do people rem- not remember last year? Like, they went all in last year too, and they almost made it. Like they did. Like he went all in. He got he paid he paid a right. Peugeot was for, the Peugeot. all in. Yeah, exactly. Like people like people are talking about Lamarillo. Like, uh, and and I know like there was a lot of time in between that the Andy Green trade and the Matt Martin trade, or I think that those were the first trades he made or whatever. But um. He he did show something last last year with with the Peugeot and the Green move. Like, so there is the way people are talking about him, uh, and and people be, meaning like the media, like being like, well, uh, he's he's got it. This is the, their opportunity. Like, no, their opportunity was was also last year, and like this is a bigger thing going on than just what's happening right now with this team. And uh, I think for in where in, from Trotz's point of view, like he's such a good big picture coach. Which is also kind of why I'm like watching what he's doing with the, the the roster with like a grain of salt, being like, okay, there's something else he's like playing at here with with like Leo and Russ, because like whatever it is, it's there's some some ex, something that he's so much more enlightened than I am that he's seeing or something uh, with the way he's constructing. And I think Lamarillo kind of has that same kind of thing, or the two of them together with what, how they're approaching the rest of the season. But you just hope that because you can't you can't let the other problem is that you can't let other teams beat you to the punch here. Uh, which, because there are other squads that are going to be after Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri and Mikhail Granlund and whoever, uh, like they're, they're, these guys are going to get snapped up. So it's a, at the same time, like that I am confident that because we saw what happened last year, 
that something's going to get done. I'm also, you're also like just worried because of this, the extenuating circumstances and you just don't want to be left uh, holding the bag uh, with these kind of games coming up. And the next thing you know, you're like, Oh God, like we just got to make do in this, in this schedule uh, for the, for the rest of the, for the rest of the season, the playoffs with this, with this roster. So uh, yeah, like that's that's a long-winded way of saying like we're it, we're I guess maybe at a at a mini crossroads where the bad <laughs> isn't like t- really really scary bad like you're gonna not make the playoffs but most likely but it's still gonna be like a possible wasted opportunity. Yeah, uh, I mean the thing that I I keep getting back to and I think the thing that maybe excites me the most is that this is almost like a pure rental situation. Like I don't think you know the thing we liked about Peugeot was that they were able to get him and then sign him, and I don't think anybody's looking for that kind of ad right now necessarily obviously lee is going to be back next year so you know he's just out temporarily and even if he was in the lineup they still would have needed somebody <laughs> you know to to play at some point so you'd still be in a rental situation but now with lee's injury you're able to add a more expensive rental and that kind of puts them in play for somebody like a taylor hall or a uh kyle palmieri or somebody else and so uh, you know i think that that's an interesting wrinkle. And I think Lou is looking into that. And I also think that, you know, they have the kind of capital that gets you sort of that stuff. So they have a first round pick. I don't think Hall is going to go for a first round pick, but you know, if the bidding gets to that point and Lou feels that he's, he's the missing piece there, I don't think he's going to be afraid to spend it this year. They also have an extra second round pick uh, from the Devon Taves trade. So, I mean, they have those spots and I, you know, I, I don't know. Palmieri seems like the easiest probably because he's just, he's playing for the devils and he could just, just get in his car and drive over and meet his old buddy, Andy green and chill out <laughs> with this, you know? Um, but I mean, maybe Lou's out there looking at somebody else that, that we're not paying attention to, but you know, there's also still a lot of teams that are still alive. I mean, uh, uh, Arthur Staple and AJ Malesko were talking on their podcast today about how a week ago, everybody left the, the predators for dead. And now all of a sudden they're in a playoff spot. So uh, you never know. That, that always happens too. in the course yeah. of an NHL season, <laughs> I just love it. Like, I think it was last year when I went, or two years ago, I guess when they won the Stanley cup, everyone's like the blues, like they're going to trade Pareko. They're going to trade Tar- Tarasenko. They're going to trade. They were Petra- in last place. Yeah. yeah Petrangelo. And like, then all of a sudden, yeah, they win the Stanley cup. I, it's just, it's, it's really amazing to watch. Like how many, I, I was joking about this the other day about all, uh, you know, all the people that with Eric, the way Eric Carlson has been playing uh, for the Sharks, he's not been playing well. And, and I get like at the time, like the Senators probably could have got more for him, but uh, you know, the, when, when the Senators made that trade, they're like, could you imagine only getting like a first round pick, a prospect and a whoever they, whatever they got for him hmm. and people just ripping on the Senators. And now what, three years later, you, you'd say that the Sharks are in a worse spot than the Senators are because of that trade. And nobody's like ever like gonna own up. It's it's like talk radio. Like just no one's gonna own up to being like, oh yeah, I, I really piled on the senators and and I apologize for that. Like I guess they 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 kind of did get what they needed to. I but, mean, how many times have people shit on the Islanders and all right, of a sudden? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just okay. true. It's just right. I was actually reading a thing at the Athletic the other day about like the kind of a rundown of of. Um, uh, Pierre Dorian's trades as Senator's general manager. And, you know, with the, one of the worst ones, probably the worst one, honestly, uh, is the Mark Stone trade. They got a first round pick and a guy named Eric Brandstrom, who I don't know if anybody remembers, but he was drafted with the pick that the Islanders sent the Golden Knights their first year, which allowed them to take uh, Mikhail Grabowski off the Islanders' hands. So, you know, I've kind of not followed along, but I, I've always kind of looked for his name in places and, he has not played particularly well. I mean, he's very young still, but he, you know, he has not been quite a per- the the prize that 
senators thought they were getting when they traded Mark Stone, who's one of the maybe three best forwards in the entire league uh, for. So it's been tough. So, I mean, they actually made out pretty well in the Pajot trade when you really think about it. But they so did the Islanders. Like they got the exact guy that they needed and, and who's played pretty well. Although, again, much like the rest of them, his teammates is not really scoring right now, but certainly can't really say that he hasn't played that well. But yeah, so we'll see what happens. Maybe by the time you listen to this, there's somebody new. Somebody we've talked about, maybe somebody not uh, that's brand new. That's kind of surprising us all. Uh, Speaking of the media, and because I can't let you go without talking about this, uh, you were interviewed by the great Elliot Friedman this week for his 31 Thoughts column. Everybody should check it out. It's obviously free to read at Sportsnet. I'll put a link in in the uh, article for this. Uh, It was very cool. It was very surreal. Um, And uh, it was very illuminating about uh, betting on hockey and the impact of the Tim Peel decision. We didn't really talk about it. I mean, it was just kind of more funny than anything else, but uh, you know, it does affect the the betting lines and, and how people sort of perceive the league. And uh, I don't know. What was that like? Did he, he just, did he just like reach out to you and like talk to you and want to talk to you about this? How did he, how did he even get your name? Well, so I guess what, what happened was uh, when the Tim Peel thing happened, um, my boss, Chad was just saying, basically, you know, we should write this story. And, I actually hadn't connected the dots yet. I just thought that he was I, originally. I just thought he was caught on the on a hot mic saying something bad. Hmm. And then, as I realized what actually happened, I was like, "Oh, right, yeah, no, this is something in our lane." <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and then and then Darren Rovell uh, tweeted about it. I actually didn't even write the story. Like we we had our our news writer write it, and um, which which is for the best because you know I don't I don't want to ever. Uh, right, right, poorly about the NHL because that would—that's <laughs> basically what would have just been a lot less kind than he was to the officials and stuff. But uh, he, yeah, so what ended up happening was uh, Elliot showed the tweet on uh, <laughs> on on Hockey Night, I guess, whatever show was on that night, and uh, he's like, you know, Darren Rovell's got two million followers. This is a—if Darren Rovell's talking about this, it's a big deal. <laughs> and it's just very funny how all of a sudden. Darren that panicked Darren a little bit because he was you know he's Darren doesn't really talk about hockey and he was, just didn't want to uh have to basically deal with it uh and talk about he, he to his credit he's very self-aware and if he's not an expert on a subject he'll kindly pass it on to someone who is and that was me for this case and all of a sudden on Sunday I got a text from from uh Frege as, as mm-hmm. you know now I get to call him because we're buddies uh, <laughs> He, yeah, he'll. You know, it's amazing that these hockey media guys call each other by hockey locker room nicknames. I just, it's it, no matter what, it's, it's something to watch for on uh, on on these shows and podcasts and stuff. Is like that these guys do. They call themselves. They call Nick. They by, by their nicknames as if they were playing on the Edmonton Oilers with them or something. <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's crazy the the way these guys approach their lives. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, he just texted me, and the next thing. Uh, I knew like we were chatting on the phone and um, I kept telling him, you know, he, he's, he's a super nice guy. And you could tell from the way he writes 31 thoughts. Someone, someone put it nicely in an email to me. Like you, the thing to appreciate about him is that his humanity really does kind of shine through in, in those columns, which is nice because it definitely doesn't in a lot of other ones where it kind of comes off like a more cringy, like people are less, uh, you know, just, you can. Yeah. He's of, definitely not like phony. Like right, when he talks right. about those kinds of stories, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like there's less of a pandering feel to him, which is, it's just, it's, he's, he's, he seems like a good guy. And, um, but he, you know, just asked me, you know, what I do and how long I've been doing it. And, uh, 
I told him that I wasn't, I was an Islander fan and that immediately mean, and I was like, you know, I'm an, I'm a big Islander fan, lifelong Islander fan. Uh, I live on Long Island, which means like there is kind of like a, a bit of a beef between uh, me and, and, and your colleagues up there in, in Canada. <laughs> and he, you know, he just kind of left it off and, and I made fun of him and Friedman, um, him and Marek for always just like talking about the leaves all the time. And <laughs> he, he, he took all that, all that stuff in, in, in really good spirits. Like he's got a sense of humor. And uh, yeah, we, I mean, when you think about hockey as a sport, there's so much chaos that's already happening. Like when you just sit down and think about what hockey is, like if aliens landed and all of a sudden just, you brought them to a hockey game. And you're like, here, like, watch this, like, make sense of this. You know, if, if you like went to like some uncontacted tribe and in, in like the Amazon or something, or like, you, this is something that we do up here mm-hmm. and, and we watch it and we cheer right. for it. Like, like what, what, what they think, like, it just makes no sense on its, on its most literal level. So there's so much chaos in the sport. So then if you throw in the fact that these refs are also like the ref shouldn't be a part of the chaos is basically what I was trying to say. They shouldn't add to it. And so when you're betting on a sport, you, you don't want to have to deal with that. Um, when you're already dealing with goaltenders like Devin Dubnik every night, you know, you, that's enough, that's enough craziness for me. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of the gist I was making and, and the, the point of like the NHL and I'll never, ever, uh, I, I, would, I like hearing people out when they talk about you know, what, what they have, when, why they have problem with, with when sports leagues get in, in bed with gambling and uh, op, sports book operators or whatever. And, and I think in England, like there's a really big movement about it because like uh, so many sports books sponsor the shirt of these teams. Mm, so you're, right, now yeah. you're raising a kid, let's say like you got a six year old kid who you bring to the games and his hero is wearing a shirt that says, right. That way. Like, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so like, there's there's certainly a line, and like I'm I'm I make my living through covering sports betting, so like I and I understand these things. But the point is, the point is like the NHL more than any other sport in in North America needs it because they, they need they need the revenue. They, they like they, they need they just need money from anywhere. Like they 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 should take money from anywhere. Right. Uh, and so these situations this situation will never jeopardize that. Cause it's not like Tim Peel was doing anything really shady. Like it's not like, you know, it's not fixing games or anything like that. Mm. Um, but you know, anything that kind of just like puts a dent into that hurts the least bottom line. And, and that's not great for anybody because you, the NHL, it's not like it's on thin ice, but it's like, it's, it's of the leagues. It's like, you can see it's the most, most gate driven league right, right, exactly. of the four of the major sports basically. Yeah. It, yep. So you need this, you need it. And, and the, and the other thing is like, it, if the more people bet on the sport, like the, the more they'll watch, they'll watch. If you have money on a Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings, Minnesota wild game, you're going to watch that game. Most likely like you, you want you, that's why you need it. Like you, you need to introduce people. We always talk about the, the league doesn't market its stars and all this, all these problems and not, not saying that gambling is what's going to fix them, but it supplements it. And so when you jeopardize that, that's that's when it becomes a problem. We had this, you know, long conversation about it, and um, yeah, it was just, you know, it was fun. He's a he's an interesting dude, but he, uh, yeah, he, he he was able to put up with the fact that I was, you know, <laughs> making fun of him uh, as much as I could, making fun of the Leafs, and I I really wish I could have made fun of Chris Johnston, but I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't find a seg the right segue. I I 
I love that you you were. I mean, I obviously I know you well enough to know that you're definitely going to bring that up and like you're going to make it a thing. And I, I do wonder, like, and I'm glad that he he took it, you know, uh, with a sense of humor. And I, I would expect nothing less from him. But I do wonder if he talked to Merrick and was like, "Man, those guys are still pissed up there. Like, there's the Highlander fans still hate us, you know, uh, for you know because of." talking about the Leafs all the time and yeah. being, a, and you know, I, I think I mentioned this on here once he, he had reached out to me during the Tavares encyclopedia era. Uh, Cause I really do think he was concerned for my mental health and I was concerned for my mental health during that time period too. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I wonder if they, we've talked about this too with like when James Myrtle has talked about like the rivalry between the Islanders and, and Leafs. And it's like, dude, that rivalry has existed since 2002. Like there's, you know, it's, it's not, this is not a new thing. This isn't a John Tavares thing. This is a, we hate you guys because you <laughs> kind of constantly look past us and wouldn't piss on us if we were on fire, you know, uh, situation. So I do wonder if he's like, wow, these guys have long memories. Like they're not, they're not joking around. He said, you know, so, uh, but it was very cool. And again, I, I, I urge everybody to look at and read because it is interesting. And, you know, the thing about the peel thing, and I'm not going to go off on a whole thing because I mean, you said it is better than I could. But, you know, make no mistake, he was fired because he got caught on a hot mic. Like he wasn't fired because he gave Nashville a bullshit penalty. when they, You know, he had given a couple to uh, Chicago or whoever it was the night before. Like he got caught on a hot mic and that, that makes the league look bad. And they fired him. And that's how it is. They fired him before he was going to retire anyway. And so they just gave him the boot. Um, and then as far as, you know, that would make the league look bad. They need money. Like you said, they're gate driven league. They want more butts in the seat somehow. They can't get them yet, but they need all that kind of dough. And on that note, and I've been meaning to say this for a while now, but there was all that hemming and hawing about like helmet ads. Oh my God, how could they put ads on the helmets? This is ridiculous. Why does everybody team have two helmets? <laughs> the, the, have you noticed like on the glass, like there are, are graphics sort of like on the glass, but sort of low near the boards. So like the Penguins had like FedEx there. The Islanders have something too. I can't remember what it is. Um, every team has this now. Th- those graphics are a hundred times more uh, annoying than the helmet ads, which I don't even notice during the course of a game. You know, like it's just, I'm like, nobody said anything about those. Like no. they're just, that really annoys me that every time I look around, I'm like, what are those words over there? Why are they there? I just, it's very disorienting. Uh, also, there are more than... There's at least three buildings that I know of with cars in them right now. <laughs> so <laughs> Detroit, Anaheim, and Calgary all have cars right behind the glass. So for all that, again, the consternation and the crying about Barclays Center, three teams were quick to jump onto that car thing once they didn't have people sitting there. So never forget that either. This team, this league needs money, big time. Right. And the, the, the two the two things. One, like the, the car thing harkens back to a point I was going to say is like, when, uh, like with Elliot Freeman, it was a little different because he, he's really not, um, he's not polarizing, I guess is the right way to put it. Like he, he, he is like kind of a treasure to the sport because he gives us this information. He, he actually covers the stuff we want to read, the way we want to read it in depth once a week. He delivers like that. And and that's why like I was, I was more having fun with him. Like in, um, I, I feel like th- through, throughout my life and especially like as an Islander fan, like when, when I've had the opportunity to, to talk with people who have done me wrong as an Islander fan, like I'll take it. Like I, I got into it with Brett Yarmark during the national anthem. Once, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, just, it's like, like there, I, I think that's a funny thing about the Islander fans is like, if you deserve that kind of treatment, if you deserve to be called like a crook or a rat or whatever I called him 
during the national anthem, right before the John, we threw snakes at John Tavares, you'll get that from Islander fans. But if you also deserve, you know, maybe like a little light ribbing and, and you're, you treat us like the way we should be treated, like you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be treated. You're going to enjoy talking to us because we're very passionate about the team in a way that you as a sports writer or whoever need, because that's what pays your bills is this kind of passion. Um, and that kind of just brings me to like the car and stuff and like getting, that just kind of made me remember that Yarmark thing. But um, yeah, the helmet ads, like how many, how many uh, pieces did we read in the athletic about like ranking the helmet ads from 31st to worst? Like, <laughs> no, who cares? Like, either, like it's, it's like, it took two seconds to get used to them. And, and like, none of them are, it's just, it's just incredibly frustrating. It's like, it's it's just any little thing that these these guys can make a big deal about they will. But yet again, you know, I'm looking at the glass in every one of these buildings, and it's just and again the Islanders have it too. Like it's mm-hmm. not you know I'm not making I think fun those of anybody. Are going away, I think. I hope so. Yeah, they better it's, because it's yeah, I know. I mean, um, I, th- I said this to you last night. Like I think last night's broadcast with the crowd noise and Dominic Moore basically mm-hmm. sleep talking throughout the whole thing was one of the worst broadcasts I've ever seen in in, in the NHL. It was very preseasony. Let's put it that way. I mean, it was, you know, uh, and you know, not for nothing. Like, why was that game even on NBC? You had Oilers and Leafs in the same the same night. Put that game on. It it, it was it. You just almost couldn't have two very different broadcasters with like Br- Brendan who will scream about Jordan Everly like jumping, dumping a puck down <laughs> into the zone, and then you'll have uh, you know Dominic Moore just being like. Yeah, well, you know, with Sidney Crosby and I played against each other like 20 times in my career in the playoffs. And I just thought, you know, the best way to do to play him was to like get a little physical. Like, yeah. And then, and then Brandon screams again. It's just yeah. a very wild experience. Uh, I will I will say this. Uh, Dominic Moore, I think, has a long way to go, uh, but at least he's not Pierre Maguire. So that in that case, he gets a thumbs up from me. Anybody that's not Pierre Maguire gets a thumbs up from me. Uh, if, yeah, if you were the if you were the broadcast star, you would that would be the first question on the interview. Oh Are you Pierre McGuire? Just I can't even. I watched no, the game with him. I'm Ryan Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Callahan. Why is Ryan Callahan dressed like an extra Boardwalk Empire? Like, what is with those suits? Like, he I looks think, very. I don't know. He just. I think looks they're like all like they, they all just see like Patrick Sharp, and they're all just like you know. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be like him, and then yeah, yeah it's good luck. These yeah, we people, all we all want to be like Patrick. Sharp, right? <laughs> Get in line. Take a number. These, yeah, it's just this whole, this whole. Hopefully, there's a reckoning coming for just the whole landscape in yeah. in a bunch of different ways because it's just it's getting so so. They're they're incredibly. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll end here, but like we we talked about the ESPN deal and and you know I I I do wonder how it's going to affect things, but I am you know I think deep down looking forward to a new product because I think. This in this league, they need to change the product. Like, there's just too many. You know, they're, they're not the same guy. You know, there's a difference between Keith Jones and Anson Carter and Patrick Sharp and Ryan Callahan, and you know, but they are in a way kind of all the same guy. Like, they're all this very. There's very very little there. Their ages are different. Their backgrounds are different. Playing st- timelines are a little bit different, but they're all basically the same guy and it's, it's wearing on you. It, it really is. And again, I, I said this before I was watching that, that Sabres Islanders series clincher from 2007 and it was the same exact broadcast. It was Eddie O and, and 
John Forsland and Pierre Maguire. And I'm like, I feel like I just went into a time warp. Like what the hell? This game is like 13 years old. It's the same exact broadcast. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's amazing. And, and the, the, the way it's called. Then, yeah. It's the same it's thing. Just, the only thing was different was the graphics and the names on the jerseys. That's it. If only Miro could have scored in that game. God damn. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't want to get off on a whole thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that at some point. But anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, we don't know what's going to happen going forward, but it's a big week for the Islanders nonetheless. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. You can follow our podcast at LHH Podcast on Twitter. Look for another PT Isles with Joe and Noel uh, at some point, too. Listen to the last one if you haven't. Uh, it was really, really cool. Uh, where can everybody follow you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Elliot Friedman at Frege HNIC, I believe. <laughs> Maybe he and Mike will uh, get a collaboration going. And uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. And uh, we'll be back next week at some point. Don't forget to leave us a review at iTunes. Uh, and then, you know, one more day. And then, again, we'll have our drawing next week. And uh, we'll see who wins the next round of eBay swag. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.